Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Marie and I, we went Friday to the Apple Store to get the computer for the back because enough came in. And then the helper said, well, do you want to pay $4,799 for a 2013 machine or just wait till the fall and get that one? And I said, we'll wait till the fall and get that one because he's like, I'd sell it to you, but I'm recommending you get the other one. So when the new one comes out in the fall, we will be getting that. And it is like the Mac Daddy. Excuse, excuse the pun. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Mac Daddy of all things. Also, you know, we had talked about putting some split units in here. You know what a split unit is, guys? How many know what a split unit is? It's one of those ones you put on the, put on the wall right there because it's awfully hot in here, especially if you get to running and jumping and a dancing. So I think they're like, what, 1500 bucks or something like that. So if anybody feels led of the Lord to buy a split, split unit, we're going to do the same thing here. Did you all see what James did? See all that over there? Isn't that awesome? He did a great job of it. You know, take all the credits. Take all the credit, James. I mean, take all the <laughs> So we're going to do that over here too, and then we'll stick them chairs in there and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you feel led of the Lord to do a split unit, please let us know or contribute toward that, please. And then we'll get a split unit in here and have James or Matt put it in. It'll cool it off in here for sure. And it'll help with the AC for sure. Yes, sir. Me and Matt was talking about the, there are 110 units that hmm. can be hooked up in here. They're like $700 a piece, so they're not even, they're not even that bad. It's okay. A little bit more than a window unit. Okay. All right, so we'll work on that. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Oh my goodness. Um, I, boy, there's a lot of things I want to share with you this morning to kind of help you run your race and finish your course. Can you say amen? amen? So I pray that God will give me utterance. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 18. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. It says this, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Somebody say, Remember the Lord. Come on, everybody together now. One, two, three. Remember the Lord. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He sware unto thy fathers as it is today. Now, if, if the, the prophet here talking says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, how do we put God in remembrance when it comes to wealth and prosperity? How do we put Him in remembrance? What? Okay, the word? Who? Who said it? Who said something? Tithe. Tithes and offerings. It's almost like this. I heard Pastor Rodney say this. He said, why would anybody, once they are in struggling financially and then suddenly they become a millionaire, why would they want to leave the Lord? Because it is He that giveth them the power to get wealth, to, to establish what? Covenant. Covenant. So in other words, God's ability or God's anointing for you to obtain wealth in this world is based upon covenant, and we should remember Him for doing that for us. Three amens. Can I get four? Can I get five? Can I get five amens? So covenant is much different than legalistic law. Talk to me. Talk to me, right? Legalistic law. Okay. There's 
two types of laws in the Bible. You have Levitical law, and then you have the law of the Bible. You understand that, right? This is God's law, and then there's Levitical law. We are no longer under Levitical law. We are under covenant. Now, covenant is based upon agreements. And the agreement that God has said in His Word, I'm going to give you wealth to establish the covenant or the agreement that we have, but don't forget me. you got to give me something to work with. And the law, biblical law, that I've established for my friends, for my family, for my children, is only 10%. So I'm going to give you wealth. And it can be unlimited wealth. Just give me 10 cents out of every dollar. Because I have to have something to work with. Master, what do you mean send the people away? If they go away, they're going to faint. Okay, what do you have? Well, there's a lad here who has a lunch. He has five barley loaves and two fish. Now, the barley loaves were considered to be biscuits. Anybody know what a biscuit is? Anybody know what a biscuit is? Okay, so it's flatbread and two sardines. It wasn't the Italian bread store and a whale that fed the 5,000 people, okay? It was two biscuits and two sardines. But what are they among so many, Lord? Have the people sit down in groups. Give it to me. Because I know the Father of multiplication. I know the Father of more than enough. He is El Shaddai. He is not El Chipo. Whatever you put into the Father's hands, He multiplies. He can't help but multiply. Why is that? Because He's a creator and creators have to create. No wonder he came as a carpenter. Yeah, but I don't think anything in the earth has already has been made that I need. Well, then God will make it because he's a creator. So he says here, thou shalt remember the Lord your God who establishes his covenant by giving you wealth. And because God never breaks covenant, we do. We fall short. Come on now. But if we fall short of the covenant, it does not obligate God to also give us wealth. Because the covenant is between an agreement of two parties. A covenant cannot be changed. It is established. Laws can be fulfilled and laws can be changed. But covenant cannot be changed. So therefore, when you and I fall short of the covenant, then we're going to fall short financially. The outgo will exceed the income. And if the outgo exceeds the income, then the outgo will be our downfall. Not only that, there's no longer a standard set up against the curse of the fall. There's two types of curses. Curse of the law and the curse of the fall. We are no longer under the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus became a curse for us, so therefore you and I are no longer cursed. So why is it that we tithe? Two reasons. One, we keep covenant with God and remember what God is doing for us. And I guess if you want to throw number three in there, it, it, it sets a standard against the curse of the fall. That means things don't wear out. Your shoes don't wear out. Your clothes don't wear out. Things last a whole heck of a lot longer, just like they did for 40 years in the desert as the Israelites were going around the same rock. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. I cannot tell you how many stories I've heard where there may be a sick child or a sick adult or something like that, and a minister would ask them, are you a tither? Yes, I'm a tither. Then therefore receive your healing. 
Because now the devourer is rebuked of killing, stealing, and destroying from your life. Did you know that less than 3% of the body of Christ as a whole tithes? 10 cents out of every dollar. Does somebody have a dollar? Can I get a dollar from somebody? Can I get a dime from somebody? Okay, I got a dollar over here. Can I get five? Can I get ten? Can I get twenty-five? Twenty, thirty-five? No. Okay. Okay. Here's a dollar. I need a dime too. You have a dime? This, out of this, has not changed for six thousand years. Malachi says, Malachi, chapter eight, verse ten. Is that what it is? Or ten, verse eight. Malachi or Malachi three? Malachi three eight. Malachi 3, 7. Malachi 3, 5. For I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. <clears throat> He's not like the United States government who takes 30% out of your check and then makes employers match it. I have seven employees, four part-time, three full-time guys. And believe me, I pay them on time. I don't wait two weeks. When I, hire, when I hire an officer, he gets paid on the 1st and the 15th. If he gets hired the week of the 15th and he works, he gets paid on the 15th. I don't make him wait. Are you kidding me? They're probably needing the money. Hello? And all of a sudden, their taxes is taken out automatically, given to the United States government. And not only that, they take money out of my account. What the heck? They take money right out of the PSS account to match those taxes. I didn't give them permission to do that. I can write all the letters I want. They're going to ignore them. It's going to end up in file chapter 13. What is that? The garbage can. Praise God. Amen. Not only that, i got to pay workers' comp. Almost, you're going to fall out. I have th- th- four part-time guys, three full-time guys. Almost $1,000 a month in workers' comp. And they forced me to do it. Because in the state of Florida, if you have four or more employees, they... Force you. That ain't right. That's borderline communism. (laughs) But I am the Lord. I change not for 6,000 years. This is what it's been. Really? You mean it started in Genesis? Actually, chapter 1. It started in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. God said to Adam and Eve, Every fruit... Of every tree you may partake of, but the fruit of this one tree you can't take of it. You can have 90% of all the fruit in the garden, but the 10% fruit of this one tree called the what? Knowledge of good and evil. You shall not partake of it. Watch this. In the day in which you do, you shall die. 10 cents. We get to keep the 90. The 10 says, I love you. I want to see the kingdom of God advanced. I love you. You've blessed me so much. As a matter of fact, it's unlimited. You just want a dime? You want a dime? So if it's 100,000, it's 10,000? Oh, I get to keep 90 grand? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. If it's 200,000, it's 20,000. I get to keep 190,000. If it's 1 million, it's 100,000. I get to keep 900,000. And now I that. I'll make you more wealthier. And I'll make you more wealthier. Because I'm the kind of God that gives pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am the God that's more than enough. 
And then if you want God to really up it, get over into offerings because it does say tithes and offerings. You just can't do offerings, guys. To keep covenants, not offerings only. Here a little, there a little, everywhere a little, little, he-i-e-i-o. Oh, Dr. Jack, are you trying to take money from us? No, I'm trying to get it to you. Praise God. Amen. I'm trying to get it to you so you have a fat bank account. Amen. So that you can give not only tithes, but also offerings so you can advance the kingdom of God. I I tithe 10% and then I actually give above 10%. Last year we gave how much scholarships to the mission field? How much did it cost? We gave away? Probably 15,000. $15,000. And that's on top of tithing. And then all the other things that we do, ministries we support and blessings and things like that, you know, just constantly giving. Amen. Most amazing thing, if I'm constantly giving, guess what's happening? I'm constantly receiving. Amen. I'm having to give more and more stuff to Jen. Sell this, please. Sell this. So thank you, thank you. So, and it's not, it's not garage sale stuff. It's not, it's not, it's not the, the, you know, what, what do you call it down there? You know, Goodwill. It's not the Goodwill stuff on the shelf that's back in, you know, before Christ was born. Praise God. <laughs> no. Come and get it. Come and get it. Hey, I got this. Come and get it. I'm about to go through my garage, and I'm sew all my tools. I'm about to have all the guys come over that need power tools and stuff like that. I'm going to keep it. Oh, I saw James. I saw, I saw, I saw, he went like this. James went. What did you say, Pastor? That's all, right, guys? I hope I'm helping some of you. Praise God. I'll put this in the offering. Praise God. Amen. You have a covenant with Almighty God. If we don't keep covenant, then we can't complain when things aren't working for us. Can't murmur about how we don't have enough. Can't, how come we can't get this? How come we can't that? It, there's always a, a cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Can't complain. Amen. Don't let these things slip. Amen. It's biblical. Why, why is it when you talk about finances in the body of Christ, people start puckering up? I mean, it's like... You're just, you're just, you're just giving us the Bible. Oh, okay. Well, praise God. Amen. I, I think that's good. We ought, we ought to give the Bible to help people, break people out of, get them over into. Can you say amen? Come on. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen, there is breakthrough. There is a point where you break through over into abundance on a continual basis. God will begin to totally answer your prayers. I'll share this with you real quickly and then um, we'll take up the offering. I lost one of, the, one of my radios, $250 radio. I lost one of those. That could upset you. <laughs> you know, because then you got to go, oh my God, I got to buy another one. So I'm like, man, Holy Ghost, you know exactly where that's at. You know exactly where it's at. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? You know, you've always helped me in the before. And, all that. And, and I immediately, and then he said, all right, go look over here. So I drove to the property here, and I looked around. And then I went to another property and looked around. And I'm thinking, man, oh, man. And then I had the thought, it's up underneath the seat in the back bench area. So I lifted it up, and I looked, and I couldn't, find, I couldn't see it. 
So I closed it down and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, Lord, this is the first time I've asked you that I actually couldn't hear your voice unless it's like in a lake somewhere or something like that, you know, or somewhere I can't get to kind of thing. So get this. It took me three days to hear the voice of God to make sure. So I heard it again. It's in the back seat underneath the bench. It's in the back seat underneath the bench. And I'm like, okay. So we had Eli come over yesterday, and he'd do some work for us at the house and paid him a little bit and all that kind of stuff, because I believe that young men should work. Come on. And so I thought, hey, Eli, why don't you vacuum out the truck and all that kind of stuff? And so I went to the truck, and I popped the bench open and looked over, and guess what? The radio was there. I said, okay, well, this one took me 36 hours. Praise God, amen, to hear the voice of God on that one. Praise God, amen. But it found the radio. And then I got to thinking, I looked there before. I mean, I did. It was on the side in the back. You lifted it up, Jane. You lifted it up. Yeah. Okay, and you didn't see it, right? Yeah, yeah, I felt it. I tried to feel it, and I looked up underneath. I couldn't find it. And I thought, no. No. Could an angel put a sucker there? I'm like, oh. Yeah, I thought he brought it back and so like that. Yeah. Why did that happen? I got covenant. I got covenant. Hallelujah. That means I'll never lack for any good thing. Come on, I'll have more than enough to put in every good work. Why? Because I love God's kingdom, and I want to see it advanced in the earth. Can you say amen? amen. All right, if you need an offering, I'll it's on the back of your chair. Praise God. Amen. And if you're making out a check, make it out to Life Family Church. Give them my way of credit card or debit card. Just fill out everything. Praise God. Keep covenant with God. He keeps covenant with you. Hallelujah. Let me save me a $250 radio. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Hallelujah. You keep covenant with God, He'll keep covenant with you. Amen? Amen. Word and Spirit. Praise God. All right, let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. And as we keep covenant, we remember that you give us the ability to obtain wealth to establish your covenant. And because we keep covenant with you, man, we're blessed beyond measure, financially, physically, emotionally, and relationally. So Satan, you get your hands off of God's people's finances in the name of Jesus. We command you in Jesus' name, don't touch the blessing. In Jesus' name, we loose ministering angels. Go forth and influence the wealth of the wicked to be loosed unto us so that we may establish God's covenant in the earth. And Lord, we just thank you for it, that all of our needs, wants, and desires are met in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Ushers, if you'll serve the people. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to Hebrews chapter 2. It's interesting. Sometimes I'll put a fa- uh, quote, face on my Facebook quote, and I get myself into trouble. I rarely try to, do, I try not to do it. I try not to do it, but... I just do sometimes, you know, and then I have to delete it because people start convulsing and upchucking and, you know, a heart attack and, you know, I mean, Tourette's hits them and it's just bad, okay? This is really bad. It's really bad. Like, for example, I posted on Facebook, I said, praise and worship leaders are not five-fold ministry offices unless the pastor is the praise and worship leader. Firestorm! Holy, I thought, my God, my God. And I even had some colleagues private message me and thanks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you know that is a true statement, though? Brother Hagen taught that us in school. But in our society, something has really shifted 
where people believe that someone who's famous on a platform singing is actually a fivefold minister. And that's, that I, some of these things are really striking me to the core of my being. So I thought to myself, you know what? With the wonderful flock that the Lord has allowed us to be a steward over, I just want to make sure that you guys don't let things slip. Amen. So this morning I want to talk to you about don't let it slip. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, this, says this, Therefore we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 it says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And we, it, it's not the time has come, it's here. It is totally here. And I don't know if it's the, just the age group between about 25 to about 40, 45, that seems to be swallowing. That seems to be the largest uh, age group in the United States. As a matter of fact, the largest age group in the world, to be actually honest with you, is in between that age, age group. And I think in the United States of America, because of stardom and entertainment... It's almost like this in the United States of America. When did entertainers become people of significance? I don't, it just seems to be flipping around and flip-flopping and things like that. And what's happening is people in today's society are saying they're heaping to themselves. As a matter of fact, one of the quotes that when I quoted that, <clears throat> there was, and I know who this guy is, not going to mention his name <clears throat> or anything, but he had talked about, well, maybe they are the pastor and they should pastor. I'm talking about praise and worship leaders. That they should be pastoral. And I thought, what is, what is going on? What is happening? What's, what's coming across the airwaves on the radios? What's coming across the airwaves of television? What's coming across the airwaves of the church as a whole that actually is so subtle too, if you kind of noticed. It, it, listen, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little compromises to become acceptable. And people are heaping to themselves. They don't want to hear about tithing. They don't want to hear about holiness. They don't want to hear about the gifts of the Spirit. They don't want to hear about tongues. They don't want to hear about the joy of the Holy Ghost. They don't want to hear about these things. They don't want to hear about living pure and holy. They, they, don't want, to, they want to, no, make me feel good. My life is so empty. Come on, hello, somebody. Make me feel good about myself. Come and tickle my ear. Give me something that's going to, like, lift me up because my life is in the gutter. But little do they realize that these words of this book will bring life. It will take you out of the gutter to the palace. It will take you out of poverty and lack and sin into holiness and prosperity. If they just stick with the Bible. And this is the foundation in which we live a Christian life on. This right here, this book. So number one, the word of God is the foundation for Christian living. Don't let that slip. Don't let this word slip out of your life. There's so many translations of the Bible. There's so many transliterations of the Bible. And listen, folks, for me, this is what I do. King James is number one. Number two is the Amplified. Number three is the Passion. And I've been reading the Passion, and the commentator, the guy who did the translation, some of the things that he has said in his commentary aren't correct. But you've got to be spiritually mature. You've got to know the Word of God enough 
to discern what is somebody's personal opinion and was actually the Greek or the Hebrew translation. Now, I like the passion because it was translated in Aramaic and only the New Testament in the book of Psalms. So if you get over into some of the other scriptures, it doesn't seem to be correct. You can just sense it in your spirit, man. Okay, he didn't do that one quite correct. Because when you look at the King James and you look at the Amplified, it says sometimes the exact opposite of what his commentary is. So you have to be very careful. You've got to be spiritually mature. Brother Hagen taught us what? Eat the hay, spit out the sticks. There you go. Eat the hay, spit out the sticks. So you have to be very careful what translation that you're reading from and studying out of, or you could get a misconception, okay? The, the Word of God is the foundation for Christian living. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and joints of morrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This book is alive. It's the living Word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word. He said, I'll never leave you, nor I will forsake you. That's true. He left us Himself. This is the Word. This is Jesus. If you ever feel like you're lonely and you feel like you're depressed, grab your Bible, open it up, and then give Jesus a hug. Praise God. Amen. Because you know, he's, he's the, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. The Word is alive. It produces life, not death. It produces life to whatever's dying in your life. The book of Psalms 119, verse 105, 106 says this, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Not only does he keep covenant, but he keeps his righteous judgments. In other words, he never goes outside the Word. People say, well, God can do anything and everything he wants to do. No, he can't. He can't go outside his Word. This is established forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but these words right here will be upon eternities, eternity, eternity, eternities, eternity, eternities, eternity. The, the scripture that says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof will go from eternity to eternity to eternity to eternity. The same scripture that says, be ye holy for I am holy will go on for eternity, eternities, eternities, eternities. It will never change. His word is forever. In the book of Isaiah 28, verses 9 and 10, it says this, Whom shall he teach knowledge? Talking about Jesus. And whom he shall make to understand doctrine? Talking about Jesus. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Those precept must be upon precept, and precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So in other words, when we preach good doctrine, let me tell you what good doctrine is. Solid doctrine is that you stay within the subject matter you're preaching. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. You use the verses within the subject matter. If we're talking about thou shalt not let it slip, I'm going down the list of things we shouldn't slip. We're giving you scripture upon scripture, line upon line, in which we're talking about. You can't take some verses and go, Judas went out and hung himself and turn to another scripture and says, go ye and do likewise. And put those two together. Can't do that, okay? It's just not going to work. That's not precept upon precept or line upon line. Amen. Are we preachers or are we motivational speakers? Are we preachers or are we performers? 
2 Timothy says, You as a preacher of the gospel are to show in which way people's lives are wrong. Whether it is convenient, whether it is convenient. Whether it is welcome or whether it is unwelcome. Preachers preach what is already written. Preachers preach the truth of God's word, which is written. If it says, thou shalt not commit adultery, <laughs> guess what? It means, thou shalt not commit. What are you trying to say by that? <laughs> what part of thou shalt not, we don't understand. What are you trying to say by that? Is there a subliminal suggestion there? Is there, some, <laughs> is there psychosis, psychosis there? What's the true meaning of thou shalt not? That will make you ponder forever. We, have, we got this uh, Roku thing device that's on our television, right? And then you can pick what you want, with movies and all that kind of stuff for free and things like that. And so I think we were watching um, Shirley Temple yesterday, I think it was. It was Curly Top we were watching. <laughs> and all of a sudden a commercial came on, and it was a drug that they were sell- selling to help people overcome sexually transmitted diseases. Right in the middle of my Shirley Temple movie. And I looked at her and I said, Oh, Jesus, help us. That has come to the point where they're coming up with drugs to help people have as much sex as they want without getting gonorrhea. Or AIDS. Or warts. The word of God is the foundation in which is Christian living. He said, be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Do you know that you say that in some places? Do the word. Oh. Yeah, we're under grace. Huh, we can do anything that we want to do. Don't you know that He's already forgiven us? Really? I am or I'm already holy. Yeah, I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. I'm, I'm holy. Because I'm righteous. Because God made me righteous when He died on the cross for me. So therefore it's automatic. I don't it's the, the, the think but people swallow that hook line. Oh, wonderful. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, glory to God. And then go have a beer on the weekends. What do you say? What do you say? If I do anything to cause somebody else to stumble, am I in trouble with God? Yeah, I'm in trouble with God. The accountability to God. 3 John verses one, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says this, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. The truth. This is the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth. This is truth. You will know this and it will set you free. You will know the truth. What is truth? Truth was standing right in the front of the face of Pontius Pilate. When he asked that question, what is truth? He didn't realize truth was staring him right in the face. Truth will set you free. It's a wonderful thing to wake up in the morning knowing you're not bound by any sin. Really. 
It's a wonderful thing that if you're having a struggle, you can overcome that sin because the grace of God backs you up to help you overcome. Because there is no temptation that will overtake you that God does not provide a way of escape. You just got to take the exit door when it opens. To be free of heaviness of life. To be free of depression. To be free of oppression. Not that we don't have our moments. Amen. Not that we don't have our struggles. But within the struggle, God has made a way Amen. to escape. That is the grace of God. That is the mercy of God. No matter what struggle you're struggling, if you're moving forward within the struggle, God will work with that. His grace and His mercy is there. But the moment we stop going, I said, I'm just the way, this is what I'm going to do. I just want to do it. Then we're in trouble. That's when you get in trouble. Not when you're working your salvation out with fear and trembling. When you're working it out, you're, you're going through the mud. Number two, this is so important. So, this is very vital. I would say this is probably the number one thing we should never let slip right here, I'm about to tell you. Don't let your faith slip. Don't let your faith slip. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And watch this. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, you mean to tell me if I just go after God even within my mess, He'll reward me? Yes. Why is it? It's His goodness that brings people to repentance. In other words, we're messing up, we're in trouble, we're, we're falling short, our flesh is dominating our spirit, man. And all of a sudden, God goes, you're trying, boy, I love you. Here's a blessing. I'm your trying, daughter, I love you. Here's a blessing. And you're thinking, my God, I just seem to be blessed. Lord, I'm even in my struggle and you blessed me. He said, yeah, keep on going. You're going to overcome because I overcame. You overcame, I overcome. I overcome, you overcome. Yeah. That's how he works. He's not up there with a sledgehammer, slamming us, hitting us. That's not a good daddy every time we mess up. No, what he does is when we mess up, there's a blessing for you. It strikes you. I don't feel. And there's always, I don't feel worthy. Son, you're worthy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I got some unrighteousness. Yeah, but you're working through it, right? Yes, sir. You're you're asking me to help you. Yes, sir, I am. Let's keep on going. I'll walk with you. I'll walk through you. And then all of a sudden you'll feel like, God's so good to me, I don't even need that in my life anymore. I overcame it. Praise God. He's just been so good to me. Man, I don't need to mess with that. Things are so good right now. I just, whatever, devil. Forget it, man. God's goodness is much better than your pleasure. Let me say that one more time. God's goodness is better than the devil's pleasure. I'm going to say it one more time. God's goodness is better than the devil's pleasure. Somebody bit to post that on Facebook. You mean to tell me God's goodness is greater than the devil's pleasure? Yeah, because it's only for a season. And then it pays wages. It's death. God's goodness is greater than the devil's pleasure. Don't let faith slip. Romans 10.8 says this, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What is faith? Simply believing God. Simply believing God. Let me say this to you. This building 
everything that's with it, based upon two entities. Our faith and the people's faith that are with us. Amen. That's the only reason why this exists. Our faith and the faith of the people that are with us. Hallelujah. Would not have a ministry without faith. Faith is the principal thing besides wisdom and understanding. Faith is simply belief. Believing God. I am constantly believing God. And how you know you are in faith over something is not the toiling and the worrying. When you have faith, Romans 15, 13 says, you have peace and joy in believing. So if you are believing God for whatever you're believing God for right now, you have to have peace and joy. The moment you no longer in peace and joy is the moment you're in worry and anxiety. If you're worrying about how you're going to pay your bills, if you're worrying about how you're going to get that done, if you're worrying, oh my God, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? Listen, also, there's a point in faith that you have to go into rest. When you've done all the stands, you keep standing. You keep declaring and you keep believing, but you have peace and joy while you're doing it. If your peace and joy goes, then you got to back back up the butt. Beep, 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 beep. Get back into peace and joy. Romans 15, 13, you have peace and joy in believing. Back the bus up. If you're in worry, you're like this. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to pay? I don't know what to do. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. My God, my God, my God, my God. What am I going to do? 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 But if you're in faith, thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. You've never failed me in the past. You're not going to fail me now. Father, what you've done in the past, man, it's just another opportunity for yourself to be strong on my behalf. And oh, by the way, I'm a tither and I'm a giver. Hallelujah. I have a legal right according to our covenant that my God will supply all money. You're never late. You're never early. You're always on time. Thank you, Father God. I just thank you for that. You start quoting the word back to him. He's like, I'm listening. I'm listening. Keep talking to me. Keep talking to me, child of God. Keep talking to me. I'm moving on your behalf because you're bringing. Let us come and contend together. Okay, you want to contend? Okay, my God, you shall supply all my need according. Surely you bore my sicknesses, carried my sorrows. Yet I did esteem you stricken and smitten of God. You were bruised. Jesus, you were bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And by your stripes I am healed. Come and contend. Remind him of his word. He loves it. Did you know how many times the Israelites got themselves in trouble for complaining and murmuring? A whole heck of a lot. Matter of fact, 40 years when it only should take about 11 days. <laughs> take a picture with that rock. Oh, that's the same one we took a picture with last week. That's okay. We ain't got any time. We're going around to take a picture with that rock. All the family now smile. <laughs> I've sent that rock to all the relatives. They don't want to see it again. You've been posting the same picture for how long on Facebook? 40 years. Don't let faith slip. Luke chapter 18 verse 8 says this, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Not on my watch. He comes back, you're going to find faith right here. You're going to find faith right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't lose your faith. Number three, don't let healing slip. It doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with the issue. You keep dealing with it. You keep speaking to it. Third John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, somebody say beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Say, mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. He says this, Beloved, I wish above all things. What is all things? 
All things, that thou mayest be in health and prosper. You will have to concentrate on those two things. The enemy will attack you with your health, and he'll attack you in your finances. Those two things you have to do. Brother Hagin said he had to meditate on that every single day. I've been laying hands on myself for five years. I haven't got keep laying hands on yourself. Keep declaring it. Keep speaking it. I've been believing God to hit that breakthrough financially. Keep speaking to it. Speak to your bank account. If trees can speak, Jesus walked up to a fig tree to get some figs. And all of a sudden, the figs weren't on there. All of a sudden, he said to the tree, may no one eat from you ever again. The next day, they walked by and said, Master, the tree that you spoke to dried up from the root. Jesus said, yeah, because when I walked up to it, it said to me, I ain't got no figs. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? No, I didn't say that in the word. <laughs> but that's basically what the tree was saying. I ain't got no figs. What you gonna do about that? Well, let me tell you what I'm gonna do. Ain't nobody eating from you again. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says, money answers all things. So if money answers, money, get over here now in Jesus' name. If, if something answers you, listen, parents, if your child answers you wrongly, get over here. Pow, pow. The Bible says money, it's Ecclesiastes, I believe it is. Somebody look it up. It's Ecclesiastes. I knew it was in there. Praise God. It's somewhere in the, in the 66 books of the Bible. Just pick one. It's probably in there. Ecclesiastes chapter, what is it? I can't remember what it is. 10, yeah, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 10, 19. Money answers all things. So watch this. If you're a tither and you give offerings, get over here. Money. <laughs> Dr. Leroy Thompson wrote a book called Money Cometh. Anybody ever read that book? Get the book. Dr. Leroy Thompson, Money Cometh. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. Money answers all things. So start speaking to it. Money cometh to me now. Oh, I think we ought to do that. The money cometh to me now. What does that mean? Pay raises. Bonuses. Increase. Come on. Hello, somebody. If money answers all things, and and then the love of it is the root of all evil, not money itself. The love of money is the root. Ever heard follow the money trail with all evil? It's going to go back to where? Money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let these things slip. Don't let your health slip. Jesus became sick for you. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says this. Surely he hath borne our griefs. Stop grieving. Jesus bore it. He carried your sorrow. Stop being sorrowful. You cannot change the past. I cannot change my past. But I can change the future. Can I change the past? My future is not in my past. Cared our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. It doesn't matter what it feels like in your body. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. He's given you the facts. You're not in denial. Those are the facts. Thank you. But the truth of God's word overrides the facts. Thank you, doctor, for giving me the facts. But I've got good news for you. Oh, what is that? The truth of God's word just overrides the facts you gave me. I'm not in denial of the facts. But the truth of God's word overrides those facts. By his stripes, I'm healed. And then you you won't look weird or anything when you say it like that to the doctor. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that committed the sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So anything that has to do with sickness or disease, poverty or lack is of the devil. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said that I've come to give, you know, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Living the abundant life. Abundance of what? Abundance of joy. Abundance of peace. Abundance of prosperity. Abundance of healing. I've come to give you life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to give you life. The abundant life. Don't let it slip. Don't let healing slip. Number four, don't let prosperity slip. Dr. Jack, are you one of those name it and claim it preachers? Well, it's better than doubt it, do without it. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> are, you, are you a name to claim it? Yes, I am. Doubt it, do without it. No, whatever, whatever your flavor. Dr. Jack, are you a prosperity preacher? Absolutely. Jesus was not poor on this earth. He wasn't poor. Let's see. So doesn't the Bible say that Jesus became poor so that you and I could become rich? Have a full story? Okay, the question is, is when did he become poor? So let's think about it for a second. Did he become poor at his birth? No, within a period of what, four months, five months, you got... Three kings come and bringing you frankincense and myrrh. Hello, gold. I don't know about you, but no, there was no king at my birth. Praise God. Nobody going to that Virginia hospital and say, Oh my God, look, he's been born. Give him a ton of gold and frankincense and myrrh. No, didn't ha- did it happen with y'all? Praise God. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. didn't happen. You look at y'all like, Oh, darn it. It didn't happen. Yeah. So he wasn't poor at his birth. Okay, so was he poor growing up with his stepdad, Joseph, and his mom? No. Joseph was a general contractor. Bethlehem was a bedroom community. So Joseph, which had a trade, made furniture, built houses, built buildings, and Jesus built those things with him. And when Jesus learned all of his parables, it's because they were in a bedroom community going into the city, and as they were going through farmland, faith, what is faith? Faith is like a kernel. Of corn. First the seed, then the stalk, then the ear, then the corn in the ear. Huh. Faith is like the smallest of all seeds, but when it's full grown, birds can nest in it. If you have faith, the smallest of mustard seed. Where do you think he learned all these parables from? It's from his travels. So he wasn't poor in his life. Not only that, was Jesus' ministry poor? No, it wasn't poor. He wasn't poor in his ministry. He had 12 staff members and their wives and kids to take care of. Hello, So he wasn't poor in his ministry. As a matter of fact, he was so wealthy, the Bible says that wealthy women of cities poured finances into his ministry. And not only that, Judas, who was the accountant, who actually, you look at the word Judas, it actually means locksmith, who had a key to the bank account, was taking money out of the bank account, and nobody knew it, not even Jesus, unless the Holy Ghost told Jesus that he was doing it. Because he operated, Jesus operated like you and I have to operate. He was an example of us on how to operate. So he wasn't certainly poor in his ministry either. Matter of fact, he wore one more, he wore more than one suit of clothes. Come on, hello somebody, amen. He actually had a house. He actually had two houses. He had the house in which he grew up in because when his stepfather died, the oldest inherited the family business and everything that was a part of it. 
So he had that house, and then there was another house that he had. So he wasn't poor in his ministry. And not only that, when he was at the cross, they gambled for his clothing because it was interwoven in one piece, and that was very expensive. It's expensive to have an Armani suit. It's one woven piece of cloth, and it was more than just one woven piece of cloth. Okay, He had more than one pair of clothes. So when did he become poor? This is when he became poor, when he was on the cross. And sin, sickness, Poverty, a lack. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says he became. He became that. And the Bible says that he was beaten so badly, he was unrecognizable. And he did that for you and for me so that we don't have to have poverty. Don't let it slip. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according that was written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you shall have good success. So what, do you mean? what, are, you, what are you saying, Dr. Jack? He just said, be a doer of the word. If you do the word, meditate on the word, think about the word, speak the word, you will have prosperity, and you will have good success. I mean, that's all i got to do is just walk it out. What if I make a mistake? There's grace and mercy and there's forgiveness. You just keep walking it out. Yeah. It's not going to limit. It will not limit the prosperity. If you're working it out, Amen. only when you're working it out. Right. If you stop working it out, you're in trouble. And it takes humility to work these things out. Because remember I said, it's just goodness that leads us into total repentance. And repentance is a total 180 degree turn away from. Deuteronomy 8.18, we quoted this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. That word power is the same word for dunamis where we get the word anointing from. He gives you the anointing to obtain wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers unto this day. So don't let it slip. I posted this on Facebook, and I'm just going to go down the list. Don't let these slip. One, the Bible. Two, faith. Three, prosperity. Four, three, miracles and healing. Four, joy in the Holy Ghost. Five, the gifts of the Spirit. Six, tithes and offerings. Seven, church attendance. Eight, soul winning, world missions, sharing your faith. Number nine, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Number ten, serving in the church. Number eleven, taking communion. Number twelve, water baptism. Number thirteen, holiness. And you could probably go on and on and on and on. These are found foundational Christian living principles from God's holy word. Don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. You have to remember, Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years, and he built an ark by faith, knowing not what rain was. Until you hear the clap of thunder, and suddenly starts to rain. Get in the boat! The Bible says he entered in with seven plus one. Seven, a number of completion. Eight, the number of new beginnings. So preach, you guys live this word, preach this word, work your salvation out. Don't let these fundamental things slip. If you have, repent. Ask God to forgive you. And then start doing it. Start moving forward with that. Stop stumbling over the same thing over and over and over. Get the victory. Provision has been made for that. Can you say amen? Come on, stand to your feet if you would. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.